Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something unusual, if you've seen a cryptid, or a ghost, a UFO, something like Bigfoot, a bunny man, flannel man, we'd love to hear your story. You can contact us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com is our email, or you can call and leave a voicemail, 717-347-8554. You can leave a message. You can tell your encounter on the voicemail if you want. That's the quickest way to get your encounter to us. If you get cut off, you can call back and continue your message. Again, that voicemail line is 717-347-8554. we got a great interview for you tonight. We're going to talk with Chris from Texas, who had seen something that was so hairy, it was covered with so much long hair, that he couldn't exactly tell what it was, but it was strange and it was disturbing. But first we're going to talk with Chris Vera from the Columbia Historic Preservation Society about this year's Albatwitch Day. Tonight we're talking with Chris Vera, who is the director of the Columbia Historic Preservation Society, and we have a little event that is sponsored by Columbia Historic Society every year called Albatwitch Day. Mm-hmm. you probably heard me talking about it before. And I wanted to bring Chris on and talk about this year's event, which is coming up Saturday, October 12th. How you doing, Chris? Good, good. Great sense. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. 
Uh, I'm just glad, you know, it's something we work really hard to do and, you know, our committee and everything to uh, promote this historic cryptoid, you know, basically uh, the start of the Columbia. I'm the historian of the town, you know. I, I do I'm more of an expert at underground railroad activity in the town. I've done so much research, but uh, we have so many great pieces in Columbia of history, and the abattoir is thrown right in there with everything else, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, I deal with historic societies all over the state, really, actually all over the country now mm -hmm. that I'm doing writing books and stuff, and I have to say, you're one of my favorites, definitely my favorite, in, That's <laughs> definitely my favorite in the area. You're full of knowledge and, and easy to work with, always ready to help yeah. out. Our history is, is not to be held, you know, it's just to be told, so... Absolutely. That's the main objective. Absolutely. Main objective. I, I absolutely love Columbia Historic Preservation Society, yep. and I thank you for all you do. And one day we'll get you on to Thanks. tell some Underground Railroad stories and some other stuff. But let's I hope you have a five-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, let's talk Albatwitch Day. I think, I think it's going to be bigger <laughs> and better than ever this year. I believe that. I mean, we're at a beautiful venue down right along the river. Uh, you have a site of Chickie's Hills, you know, the, the, the a beautiful uh, forestry up through there. Plus, you know, we got so many activities. I'm, I'm telling you, there ain't too many events around that have what we have, and we have to uh, give to the people and at a very low cost for families to come. You know, I mean, really, it's only five hours to ride the trolley or to uh, take a walk at, at nighttime on the haunted trail tours. Uh, but, you know, that's so low. I mean, the music's free, the lectures are free. I mean, I mean where are you going to find an event that's going to be low cost for a family like this? Yeah, absolutely, and it's a great time. Mm -hmm. It's it's my one of my favorite days of the year. Certainly, it's my favorite nice. uh, paranormal type festival, and I do a bunch cool. of them. So, who we got talking this year? We got I'm giving a talk, and Rick Fisher's talking. Rick Fisher's going to do Jim Mitchell. Rick is talking about yeah, he's doing about talks about the Albatross. He's been doing a lot of research. I mean, he only printed me off about a thousand pages of uh, <laughs> sightings all across the United States. Of you know of what people believe is the adolescent Bigfoot, you know, but realistically, could it be a small cryptoid, you know, that people see? And and I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds he's printed off for me, and it's amazing what people see. And and there's no mother around, no father around. It's just it's single, you know. It's it's out there walking by itself. So right, you know, you know, a mother would never let her her young go far, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and there are mm -hmm. a few legitimate well what seem to be legitimate sasquatch reports where they do have young with them and they're usually raped by the mother exactly yeah exactly so but uh, there's many many sightings rick will talk about all the sightings in york and lancaster county uh lancaster county has a really good amount of uh, sightings and especially around columbia so oh yes then we have jen mitchell she'll talk to talk about uh mysterious creatures uh, well known across the United States and stuff like that, and some things we've never heard of. You know, so she'll be talking about that. She'll be uh, about eleven o'clock. Uh, she'll be our first lecture of the day. So hopefully she'll do very well. You know, so I'm, I'm rooting for her. So right on. And then we got John Stable. Uh, he'll be talking about the Legend of Buggy Creek, and he's very theatrical. But he talks, so uh, he should be fun to watch. Yeah, the, so. well, the the Falk Monster is always that's always a favorite. It's always a good one. Sure, sure. So, and I'm doing my talk on the Pennsylvania Gorilla Flap of the early 1920s. Mm -hmm. Cool. You can actually see my presentation, kind of where the gorillas, what they call gorillas, they pop up in the winter, 
and then you can kind of follow them across the state and and uh, i'll show you where all these different sightings were it was it was quite a lot cool. quite a lot of sightings wow and, and then we have uh, jack hubley as our big you know he's uh jack hubley is well known around york and lancaster county for he is a wildlife um uh, goddess around this area i mean not goddess but uh he he is really known so he'll be doing a thing about creatures beyond the back door it's really a kid type uh event but he brings all kinds of creatures from uh, a hawk to uh possibly an owl and snakes and all kinds of creatures that kids can actually come up and touch so he'll be on the back deck of the crossing the building yeah he used to have a tv show too so people might mm -hmm. know him from yeah. that mm -hmm. sure yeah, and he's, he's well known around there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's on the local news, I think, a lot. That should be a great speech. Mm -hmm. Chad, who people have heard on the podcast before, he is will be doing bushcraft demonstrations. Mm -hmm. So we got Chad yeah. doing that. We've got trolley tours. Now, they start early this year, right? Yeah, we're going to be running from 11 to 2. Uh, usually, we have them for six hours. This year, we have three hours. So make sure you buy your tickets and get on. They're going to go every half hour. And we're going to tell stories, and we're going to do that famous uh, tradition we do now is we all get off to the top of Chickies uh, along the back Pineville Road, and we all line up and throw apples into the woods to commemorate the, the apple twitch. And hopefully he'll come that night and actually have a bite or two, you know, because he only usually gets about 150 apples a year, so <laughs> he should be nice and fat for the wintertime. So. <laughs> and then we're doing the yeah. ghost tours at night which are mm -hmm. ticketed that we're doing six, seven, and eight. And the mm -hmm. tickets for those are $10 each. And Tim's selling out. So Tim don't have too many left. You know, I just booked some more tonight. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm so, at the yeah. seven o'clock. I'm doing the seven o'clock yep. tour. But, I'll be doing the eight o'clock. Yeah. Chris so. is doing the eight and Diane's doing the, the six. All great tour guides. If mine sells mm -hmm. out, go with one of the other ones. It's still, it'll still be sure. a great tour. In fact, if you want to take it more than once, if you don't mind walking more than once, I think we're probably going to not all, we're not all going to have the same stories. So we're all going to exactly. be exactly everything's going to change. I just talked to a customer tonight, and you know, every every tour, you know, you're going to probably hear a little bit more history out of me because I'm the historian. You know, mm -hmm. I know a lot of landmarks, but I know Tim. You know, just uh, he's going to wow the crowd out there. So that should be awesome. So <laughs> I'll, I'll do my. But best. So we're taking up to thirty. <laughs> we're going to take up to about thirty people per tour. So. And if, so there's tickets, a total of 90 tickets available. If people don't get their tickets ahead of time, we'll have a booth mm -hmm. there where they can buy sure. them if they're not sold out. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, but we're, we're recommending yeah. if you if you want to get tickets, get them beforehand. And albatwitchday.com, got all that information? Yes. Albatwitch.com. Right. You can go to our Facebook, albatwitchday. Uh, see lots of information, and plus we have six live bands going on. That's right, we got uh, analog. music all day. Oh yeah, yeah, we got uh, heavy metal, heavy metal punk, uh, some blues. Uh, we got a really nice, nice mixture. That's going to be in a pasture down along the river, which is one of the most beautiful areas. So you're going to be out in like the, the, the view of the river while the, the, the music's playing. So yeah, so uh, you know it's. If you're a heavy metal, a heavy metal punk, you know this is a, a, a definitely a, a place to come to see it for free, especially you know and see some yeah, great exactly. bands. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's we got different music all day, and uh, another guy doing folk music near the Swamp vendors Thumpers. and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he's going to be playing, and then some of the vendors, you know, we have a uh, Wiccans coming, we have uh, tarot card readers, we got kids can come and paint rocks and stuff. They can play the Albert Switch rock game. 
you can buy your new design that Tim did. You know, that's right. Beautiful yeah. shirt. That's you know, we sold a lot on the bridge bus last week. People really love the artwork. Uh, so hopefully they'll wear it out there proudly. But uh, fifteen dollars for a shirt and thirty-two dollars for the sweatshirts this year. We got nice hoodies, really nice hoodies this year. So they're thirty-two dollars. Yeah, we got hoodies, t-shirts, and of course I'll be there. I'll be signing and selling copies of my books. But we have other authors, <laughs> and uh, like Chris said, it's free to come and do most of the events. The other events mm-hmm. are ticketed, and it all benefits Columbia yeah. Historic Preservation Society. So it's a great yeah. cause. Yeah, yeah. We uh, like I said, we just like to break even. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, my directors and I. It's, just, it's not about just all about money now. You know, to us, it's about the the history. And since we started this in 2014, so many stories come towards us, you know, and, and, you know, we've gotten so much more factual stories that people have seen out there back in, you know, I did a lecture down at Shanks Merrick Kayaking Company. It was a general lecture and I told somebody out there, and anybody out in the audience ever seen any creatures or anything, they didn't, you know, understand what it was and nobody raised their hands. But the next day there was somebody from the audience who emails me and talking about him and his father, what they saw up in a tree back in 1996. Right. So pretty interesting. Yeah. That I find that happens sometimes. And then last year, Mm -hmm. somebody came up holding a newspaper article about the conference and told us a story. He'd seen the creatures Mm -hmm. right here in red line, right, right where I live. Yeah. That's, that's how you get it. You know, uh, you know, I get some other strange stories about the area, but they're not, supposed to be for the apple twitch so you know one guy from york has said zombies come out of the sewers at night so i didn't understand that one but uh <laughs> you know, you, you gotta listen to them though you know because you never know you, know, oh, you never sure. know what's uh, what somebody's going to tell you, you yeah, absolutely so, absolutely listen to them well before so. i let you go chris you told me this cool story the other day that happened to a mm-hmm. friend of yours that was mm-hmm. uh was this up on top chickie's rock it was right below where he lived, and it was right in the backside of Chickie's. I believe, you know, industry back in the day was probably such an industrialization, you know, it was like all along the river. You know, I believe it pushed the average, which, you know, this creature back into the woods and, you know, the lower hill, you know, what uh, the, the clipping that when I was in high school, one of the cop cars were blocking Laurel Hill Gardens up near the Columbia High School. You know, I remember that. And then we got, uh, we just found a newspaper clipping from September 26, 1984, about a creature being seen up, up on the lower hole guards, which is a cemetery up on top. And they actually seen a, a creature loping towards them at one o'clock in the morning on a Friday. It was a, a 21 year old, uh, a boy and a girl, and uh, scared them. They actually made a police report. So we're trying to dig out the police report from 1984 and see if the police did investigate it. And they said they were going to investigate it. But my friend would actually live right over top of that hill, down from the Memorial Gardens. And he told me when he was 10 years old, well, it was a group of us teenagers, and he told us that he, t- he got pinned to a tree by Bigfoot, but he was face-to-face with it. And then his brother comes down and screaming at it, so it ran away. Now, we, of course, laughed at him, you know, like, you know, you know, really, it's that usual, what are you smoking thing, you know? Right, right. But, uh, you know, now I grew up and I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, you know, the story was probably true because that is the area that has been seen, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And being face-to-face, like he said, Bigfoot, and then you think back, you're only 10 years old, how big are you? About four foot, you know, right. four foot, right. you know? And he's face to face. Was he just with? Was he actually? Was it an albatross? You know, was it a four to five foot creature, humanoid creature? 
know. Yeah. It, we don't know. We don't know. It could have been. It's definitely in the area. It's definitely in the Alba Twitch mm-hmm. zone there. Right, exactly. But exactly. I, I, I thought it was a cool story and scary. I mean, yeah. can you imagine being pinned to a tree by one of those things? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he told us the story, we were like, you know, who would believe something back then in the 1980s? You know, but today you really got a realisticness. Say, maybe it did happen. You know, my brother also saw one out Prospect Road. Him and his friend, they jumped off a railroad trestle down, chasing a rabbit right in front of their headlights. Wow! You know, he said it was quick. He got large yellow glowing eyes. I'm a teenager. He's terrified when he comes home. He talks about that. You know, but he called it the devil baby. So <laughs> that was their tag on it. You know, which you know we didn't understand, but uh, they saw it. I, I, you know, I remember that that night he came home, and there's no homes out in that area. It's all farmland. So. You know, so it did happen to me. You know what I mean? It it, it was close to me to hear these stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't something I read in the paper or anything. It was you know when the police cars are blocking that road off for what I believe was, was two weeks. They blocked that road off so nobody can go up to the cemetery. Wow! Why would police do that? You know. So, but yeah, that's uh, you know these are stories from Columbia, and of course we used to. You know, generations back, we, uh, my family and uh, my grandfather, they did, they did a game called Apple Snitching. It was just like snipe hunting, you know, so that was popular in Columbia for generations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so and that's where all pe- about tradition. people originally thought the name came from, uh, from that, mm-hmm. from that game, but it's a German name. Alba's Elf and Entwinchen mm-hmm. uh, is a German verb, and I think it comes from yeah, a I, combination of those two. But, yeah, last year I, I met an Amish woman. And she said, "What, what, what is an Albatwitch?" And I said, "Well, you guys were really the ones who named it. Could you figure it out for me?" And she said, "I'll do some research for you." <laughs> so there <laughs> so, we go back to her. So. Well, like I said, Alba is uh, definitely elf, so that makes sense. So it's like a little elf-like right. thing, and then the rest of it is up for uh, interpretation. I think. Right. But, exactly. Uh, Exactly. In any case, so it's October twelfth, Alba Twitch Day, mm-hmm. and it's eleven a.m. Yep. until five p.m. Correct. Yep. And then the ghost tours start at six. At six p.m. Yep. yep. So you can take a rest or take a go up through Columbia, and, you know, enjoy yourself, go have some dinner. You know, we will have some good food there. I got some uh, guy does some smoked chicken that is just fantastic, and then we got Rosie Deli from Columbia. She's just all her food is just fantastic. So we got some good food there, too, for people to, to uh, get a bite and enjoy the river scene. It's a beautiful scenery down there. So Yeah, the, the event's at Columbia Crossings, which is a it's a new kind of welcome center there right in town. Yeah, it's $2.5 million facility, so it has beautiful bathrooms. It has everything, amenities uh, you can ask for. It's located at 41 Walnut Street in Columbia, PA. All right. Alba Twitch Day, yep. October 12th. Hope to see everybody there. For yes. podcast listeners, I want to mention Soraya from Where Did the Road Go podcast. He's coming down too, so you can meet Soraya, you can meet me, you can meet everybody involved, hear a lot of great stories, have a great day. Alba Twitch Day, yep. October 12th in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Thank All right, Chris. You, awesome. Thank, Thank you, sir. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Now let's move from Pennsylvania to Texas and hear Chris's story of something very large and hairy which he saw on his farm. All right, we're talking with Chris, who you may have heard if you paid attention and you stayed to the last bit of one of our recent episodes, you would have heard a voicemail and Chris describing a creature that he saw on his property in this voicemail. I don't always have voicemails to put at the end, but that's a little that's a little hint for everybody. Stay tuned to the end because sometimes I put little bonuses there. But uh, I was happy to talk with Chris and he, he described it to me in a little more detail when we talked and I, I asked him to come on the show and he agreed. So let's talk to Chris and hear about this creature, whatever it was. Whatever it was. Yeah. Just go ahead and walk us into it. Okay. So, um, I, I, I own a, a farm, a working farm, a cattle farm. And, uh, this is 2015. It's, uh, the, I'm guessing right at the end of March. I didn't take any notes on this. I'm so surprised I didn't, but I didn't write it down. But I had to get a cow off my property that belonged to the neighbor. And my dad's in charge of all this stuff. So he says, you know, Chris, you and your buddy, come on. We're going to go get this cow. So we drive down to our our farm's just a little over 100 acres. We drive down to our big woods, and we've got some really big woods. These trees are humongous. There's pecans and black walnuts and all kinds of things that had never been harvested. And there's not a whole lot of that around here, but there's a little bit here and there. So we park our little farm truck, this old Bronco down in this clearing. And uh, our property runs mostly east and west. So we're, we're nearly at the farthest east we can go. And I have to go north up through this little path about 200 yards and there's a clearing in up at the end of this path, and it's about and it's two acres. It's probably 250 feet by 450 feet, and it also runs east to west. And it's 200 feet north, about 450 feet east and west. So me and my buddy, we walk up this this road, and before we did, my, me and my dad and my buddy, we powwow, and he said, "All right, y'all go up there and get that cow, and run her back out of here, and we're gonna run her back up to the front." And then we'll walk her around to the neighbor's house, you know, make her go through the fences and stuff. So um, we go up this path. We're heading north. We go up into that clearing. 
I get up into that clearing and we're talking for a second and um, we're looking for this cow and we're making our plan what we're going to do. I'm only about 20 feet into this clearing, you know, coming, I went south up into the clearing. And so most of the clearing is on the north side of me and to the west of me. Well, I hear something jump up. Like if I'm facing straight north, which I basically was, something's about 45 degrees to my right from, from perfect north to the right. And to the east side of that clearing, there's a big creek. And it's about 20 feet deep and probably 50 feet wide. And this creek is straight up on the sides, on one side. Well, something jumps up out of a briar patch. If you all know what briars are, they're like vines with rose stickers all over them. Mm-hmm. Something jumps up out of this briar patch. It's so, so loud that I hear it. And I thought, well, that's, that's the cow. Well, it, it starts heading east. It's in, it's in the woods. It's on the other side of the clearing into the woods again, but it's also off to the, to the right at 45 a little bit. So it, it goes down through this creek, up the other side of this creek, and I can hear it running and crashing and bashing. And uh, I'm thinking it's a cow, but it sounds too big. And it goes through the woods, and I can see it as a shadow. The leaves were getting a little bit green at this point of the year. It wasn't full springtime green, but it was green enough that you couldn't see perfectly. But uh, but it was a typical wintry day. It was kind of gray but bright. It would have been a great day to see something. If you were going to see something, this would have been a good day to see it because the light wasn't harsh, but it was well lit and it wasn't too cold. And So anyway... It was a good day to see it, but I still didn't see it. So I see this shadow pulling through the woods over there from my right to my left after it went up the side of that creek. I assumed it was a cow, and it just found a spot to get up the creek. It's going through the woods around this clearing. It's going straight west, and it's crashing into things like breaking limbs. And we have these trees called yopon trees, and it hit it. It sounded like a whip. It go whip, bang because they're kind of tall and thin. And it was, it did this the whole 450 feet going west up the side of this clearing. When you first saw it, about how far away from you was it? It was about, I'd say 90 yards. And it's, it's making it, it, it's sort of making its way parallel to you, but away from you. Yes. Yeah. It's paralleling me. It's perpendicular to where I'm at. I'm looking north and, and, and to my right where it jumps up, and after it travels about 75 feet, it's due, due north ahead of me Okay. on the other side of the clearing, but into those woods about, oh, about 50 yards. Okay. And so it goes through those woods at about 50 yards off the edge of that clearing the whole way, the whole 450, 500 feet west. And just bashing and crashing the whole way, and it was kind of strange. You know, I've heard cows do this before, but not to that extent. The cows are stupid, but they're not quite that stupid. So it didn't. It already didn't seem exactly right. And when it got down to the end of that clearing, there's woods on the on the far west end also. Instead of heading all the way out to the end of our property west, which is another half a mile, it turned a hard 90 degree, and it's going south now. So I turned from north to face west, 
and I can see the shadow of the thing going through the woods again. Yeah, on the west end of my clearing now. Going, heading south, bashing and crashing, banging and clanging. I mean, mean, I'm like, what is going on here? And it, it gets down past the clearing where I can't see it anymore. Goes about another 20 or 30 yards and turns left again. So it's now heading straight east behind where I started out standing. And so I hear it coming through the woods. It's coming towards you at this point? It's coming, it's going to end up about 30 yards behind where I started. Okay, so it's, it's almost made a circle at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. circled around behind me, keeping enough woods in between me the whole way where I couldn't see it clearly, but it, it's like it knew exactly where I was. And cows don't do this. They no. want to get away from you. They're going to go, and they're usually just going to go. Right. They're not going to turn left. If they do, they're certainly not going to turn a left again and come back towards you. Right. So I'm starting to get really nervous here. And I tell my buddy who's not as farm wise as me, I said, hey, that may be a big bull coming to kill us. So be ready. Watch those woods right there. Don't take your eyes off right there. And if it breaks out of the woods, you've got to get to woods also. You've got to get to Connor. And he's freaking. And so... I'm expecting it to come breaking out of the woods into that clearing because we're about 20 feet out into that clearing. And it never did. But I hear it smashing and crashing and bashing and, you know, those yopons whipping and, and, and I thought, what is happening here? And so I, I moved left just a few feet to make sure I've got a good vantage point down that path that I came in on because I want to see what this thing is because I can tell at this point, like right before it wasn't going to kill me, it's going to keep on traveling east and come right down that path. Or, or it's coming perpendicular to the path that we came in on. So it's, it's heading east to the back of my property again. So I move over. I'm looking at the road, and it breaks into the road, and it broke right across this road. There's only one tree in the way down that path. And, of course, it comes across the path on that the far side of the tree. Just skewed my vision just enough. I... I saw it, but I couldn't see what it was. And I, ne- I, I, was, I couldn't believe what I saw. And I never really saw an outline of a head or a neck or anything. It was just like a, it was kind of like just a big mass. And it was black. It was kind of a satiny black. It wasn't a gloss black and it wasn't a flat black. It had a little bit of sheen to it. And it was hair, all hair. It looked like, if you remember the girls in the 80s when they used to put those big rollers in their hair and they'd roll their hair and their hair would kind of fall. And, you know, if you had a long-haired girl, it would kind of make a big spiral. Yeah, like it's all the way down. Kind of bouncy curls. Yes. This thing went across the road and, and all I saw was hair bouncing up and down. Wow. I know I, I said, all right, I missed its head. So I immediately looked down to get a look at its legs because if you see a cow or a horse, you can tell how big it is, or if it's a bull or just a heifer by its legs, the thickness of its legs and its hooves and everything. All I saw was hair all the way to the ground, just bouncing black satiny hair. And I could not comprehend what I saw. I'm thankful that it didn't turn and kill me, whatever it was, but it kept going east, still making noise, still crashing into things, that I don't think it had to. 
And at that, I could, as soon as it got across the road, it was behind this little bush, and I couldn't see it. So I only saw it for about 10 feet across the road, just enough to realize, I don't know what this thing is. Right. And it, it wasn't really bouncing up and down. You know, and I left the, I left the part out, too. Whenever, if we could hear it. We could hear, like when a heavy animal runs by, you can hear it, it on a cow, it's hooves striking the ground. You can hear it. And when they run close to you, it shakes the ground a bit. Right. Well, when it was, whenever it was coming back towards us, and I tell my buddy, "Hey, get ready. We might be fixing to get killed here." I could, I could, I could still hear it ground pounding. I call it, but I could also start to feel it just a little. And I'm thinking, that's either 800 to a thousand pounds, maybe a little more. You know, I'm thinking big bull at that point. And uh, so when I saw the thing, I was just flabbergasted. And I immediately thought of my dad, who, if we go back down that path another about 80 yards, he's parked down there in that car waiting on me. And he's probably not in the car. He's standing out there waiting on us to walk this cow down that path, the cow that we never saw. So I said, Dad, I get on this little radio. I said, Dad, something's coming your way, even though it wasn't coming right at him. I thought it could turn right again and end up right in front of him, and I didn't want him to to panic or get killed because he was just one and we were two people, you know? Right. So I tell him what's going on. And he says, well, I'm watching the cow walk up the hill going west from where I'm at. Well, this thing was heading east and it was close to me. It wasn't where he said that cow was. He's, he's looking at a cow that's, you know, to the south and west, about an eighth of a mile of where we're at. And this thing's going east all the way back to the woods, you can hear it all the way back to that big creek and a little bit more noise and then quiet. Hmm. And I think it stayed back there. I don't think it went because behind my property, is it's pretty clear back there. And I don't think it went, the way it, no, the way it skirted that clearing of mine and went through those woods and back through the woods and back through the woods again, I think it stayed back there. And I was terrified, but I had to walk back down that path, right where the thing came across the path. I had to go out that way. So we walked out there, and we talked about it. I asked my friend what he saw, and he said, I I didn't see it. I think he did see it. Mm. I think he just didn't didn't notice any detail. Like, I didn't notice any detail, but I noticed what I shouldn't have saw. I shouldn't have saw that big black hair bouncing everywhere and, hanging all the way down to where it obscured any view of its feet. Right. And and no head. I didn't see any head. There might have been a head because it got to that bush pretty quick. If it had a head, it wasn't a pronounced head. It wasn't a cow. And it wasn't a horse. Mm-hmm. So that's what we saw. And I wasn't really scared at that point after it was hooked them down to the east, you know, down to the creek. So we left and... And I told my dad, and he he didn't know. He just thought I was nuts. I think didn't. I don't even think he ever brought it up again. Did he, your dad hear yeah. it at all, or he didn't even hear it? No, he didn't even hear it. When I called him to warn him to tell him that the thing was, you know, heading, it was between me and him, and mm. it could have hooked a right and been right on top of him. He says, "Well, I'm watching the cow. She came out a minute ago, and she's walking up the hill, you know, in the opposite direction." And I and I said, "Well, something big and black is." you know, down here, and he said, well, just get down out of there, then. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I grew up on a farm, and that would have been my dad's response. We're not here to mess with something else. We're here to get the cow. Come on. 
yeah. yeah. Whatever it is, leave it alone. Yeah. So. <laughs> but oh, man. and I'm shaking. I think my eyes are about to fall out of my head at this point because I don't believe what I saw. I, I know it's not supposed. To, there's not supposed to be anything here. We're in Central Texas. It gets 110 degrees here sometimes. We're just wearing like light pullover sweatshirts, and this thing's got hair like it should be up in the tundra somewhere. Yeah. And and it didn't make any sense of, and it was big. It was. I estimated its height. I'm I'm right at six foot at about my chin height, at the top of the height that I saw. So that would so be the, about foot six. Do you, you think it was quadrupedal then? It was moving. Quadrupedal. It was definitely quadrupedal. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't see any front, I di- I don't think I got a chance to see the front right. limbs, whatever they were. But the back limbs were obscured by this long hair. All that hair. Wow. So either it had short legs. The hair was, in my estimation, between like fifteen and eighteen inches long. Mm-hmm. That'd be what. That's about how far I think it was hanging down underneath to the ground. You know when it was. Right. And it was up and down, up and down, you know. But I didn't see, you know. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a farm animal guy. I would notice a head. I look for heads, you know. Horse head distinguishes a horse. Cow head distinguishes a cow. Mm-hmm. You know, the hooves, the legs, the feet. I, big I long neck it. on them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was no big old neck. That's for sure. And then the feet, I couldn't see because of the hair. But it was this thing was heavy, big and heavy. You know, like I said, I've, I've been around big, heavy bulls trying to kill me before, and it was as big and heavy as some of those bulls. Wow. Was there any kind of slope to its back as it came across, or did it look pretty parallel to I the ground? I think there was a little. I think it was higher in the front than at the back, but it, it happened so quick, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't good chance to see it. Right. I always just say what I didn't see. I didn't see... I had, I couldn't see its feet. And then I did see all this, this weird curly hair bouncing everywhere. It was like a hair monster. Yeah. It was, it was like, I tell people, it was like cousin, cousin head. It's five foot six tall, but he's also six feet wide balancing through the woods. You can't see anything but hair. And, and it's, but it's obviously crashing all these limbs and trees and things. Right. It, it made a it was intentionally making all this noise and it intentionally circled around me to get back to the woods. Was there any and, up and down movement to its gait or did it seem pretty smooth as it went across? It seemed pretty smooth. It seemed really smooth. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't have seen the hair, I would have brushed it off as, okay, it's a cow or something. You just missed the head. You just missed the head. Right. But I didn't. It was not supposed to be there. I, I missed the head because the head was not really pronounced, but I didn't miss that hair that wasn't supposed to be there. And uh, that was the most striking characteristic of it was that hair. And you've never had any, anything else kind of strange on this property? Never. Never. You still There's own never it, right? Been... You still live there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've owned this property for 45 years. We bought it in 75. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything down here like that. Never seen anything weird down here. There's three Bigfoot reports down here. There's one in 77, which was about 15 miles south of here. 
there's one that this all happened about eight miles north of the Mills Reservoir. That's all I'll say, about eight miles north. All private property, all fenced, you know, houses every mile or half mile. And there's been a couple of things around that lake. A couple of, they think they were big butts. They were tall and thin, but, you know, black or dark brown and hairy. So I guess they were juveniles or something. And there's a couple of them over there at the lake, one in 2008 and one in 2012. Now, I hear stories of Richland Chambers Reservoir, which is about 35 miles south and east of here, which lines up with our creek system that they get bear reports over there in the trash cans all the time and that the sheriff won't even come out anymore. Well, there's no bears in Texas over there. There are no bears. Hmm. So whatever those things are over there, getting in the trash that people are saying are bears, there are no bears over there. So, and <laughs> so I've got my suspicion on what's going on over there. I think those are Sasquatches coming up that, uh, that Trinity River right. Valley over there. Now, I don't know what the thing what my thing was, because I've never heard of a Sasquatch or anything else with hair like that. And I've, I've listened to a couple hundred Bigfoot reports since then, because as soon as I heard, as soon as I've experienced this, I started listening to all the podcasts. And yeah. I've never heard one that sounded like this, that fit this description. Yeah. So, well, I live on the property, so does my father. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> But we don't have any missing animals or anything around here. Nothing strange ever happened. Now, that cow that we walked out that day, you know, she got out on her own. We never did find the calf. She had a calf, and it never did show up. So I told my dad, I said, whatever that thing was, I think it ate that calf. That's what I would say if you had to boil it down to a simple explanation. That's what I'd say was a cousin that was as wide as it was tall, maybe a little wider, and just hair balancing everywhere. Couldn't see details I wish it would have turned and looked at me whatever whatever it was I wish it would have showed me it's face or head or something mm-hmm. actually I don't really want to see it again <laughs> yeah that was way too close you know I think it was acting aggressive but I don't think it was really that aggressive yeah. it wasn't trying to aid from me that's for sure I think the smashing stuff I mean that's Kind of, um, it's gorilla-like. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, kind of gorilla-like behavior. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was making noise the whole way. I never made a Sasquatch report because I can't say what this thing was. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the closest thing I would think it was, but I've never heard anything that makes me think that's absolutely what it was. Yeah, I mean, I and without seeing a feet or hands or, you know, a head, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it was big, big enough to hurt you, that's for sure. My dad's got a friend that uh, they hunt, they hunt deer. Where where they parked the truck that day for us to walk in, you know, and go get the cow. Mm-hmm. They, they hunt right there. They've got a hunting plot, and they have deer feeders and cameras and stuff, and nothing's ever walked in front of that camera. But... I must have told my dad a hundred times, if you see that thing, do not shoot it. Don't mess with it. Don't shoot it. He goes, ah, there ain't nothing there. But I got to talk to his friend that comes hunting with him huh. next week and, and lay the law down to him. You know, if he sees it, he, do not shoot it. For one thing, he's not going to kill it. Right. <laughs> and oh, yeah. and it, as far as I can tell, 
it's never done anything. That cow may have, may or may not have been eaten, you know. But nobody else is missing a bunch of animals or anything, so I don't think we need to be shooting those whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think if it was going to hang around, it would have hung around. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? I'm thinking maybe every maybe it comes around ever so often, like every few years or something, and we just don't catch it. We just don't see it. Right, right. That's what I'm thinking. Because for it to be in the middle of that briar patch like that, that was the one place. I would never look for any farm animal in that patch where that thing jumped up out of. Mm-hmm. I would never have looked for, I wouldn't have looked for the cow there. I would have walked around it and knew there was nothing in there. Right. Yeah. So if it would have just stayed there, I'd have never seen it. Did it look like it yeah. had any briars or stuff tangled in, in the hair? Or did it look pretty clean? No, it looked pretty clean. Wow. I you, didn't see anything you, hanging on it. You think with all that long hair, like even just going through the regular, like I have long hair. I go, I walk through the woods. I come out with stuff in my hair all the time, you know? I think it broke everything it ran into and left it yeah. laying in, the, in its path. Yeah. <laughs> what it sounded like anyway. Yeah. Did you ever go back and kind of try to look and see if you could see where it walked through? I didn't. I I went down there a few months later to look to see. I thought, okay, well, maybe the thing is a Sasquatch or something. So I'm going to go down there and look around um, and see if there's any tree breaks anywhere. Because we had a bunch of broken trees down there. So I'm going to go look and see if any of them are twist breaks. Because mm-hmm. I hear that a lot on the side, but none of them were. So I, I, you know, I keep thinking, you know, all the stuff I hear is Pacific Northwest, most of it anyway. So I, I try to put it into that pigeonhole, but it doesn't fit. Nothing fits. It's not, it's not the, so this is not the same as up there. Yeah. So it's just not the same. I, I think the thing walked in on the creek, found a nice spot to hide in the briars, and set up shop there. There's uh-huh. lots of fish down there and deer, and we used to have lots and lots of turkeys, and they're mostly gone now. Now, there's still lots of pigs, and still lots of deers, but the, but the turkeys are mostly gone. And so there's there's plenty of game down there for something to eat. So, you know, if it did travel through here, whatever it was, uh, I'm sure it would eat pretty well right there where it was. So it's probably a good hunting spot for it. Right, yeah. Yeah, so the book, another podcast host told me about this after he heard your voicemail that I played on, on the episode. And... Yeah. Um, Apparently there's a section, I can't find it, I thought I had it, but I, I do not have it after all. Apparently there's a section on what's called Hairy Hominids, you know, it's basically about Bigfoot and so forth. And in that they describe something, you know, that kind of meets the description of Cousin It, just completely covered head to toe, hair to, hair to the ground. So something and it was, like what it moves on all fours as well, they thought? See, now I don't have the book, so I can't give you any more details than that. That's just what the other podcast host told me. I'm going to have to dig in a little bit and find the actual report. But you know, he said he said it it met the sort of cousin it description. You know, this just hair hair from the you know top to the bottom. Yeah, that could explain why I didn't see a head mm-hmm. and I didn't see the feet. You know, if the feet were centered and it was bipedal or something, then it really was weird. But I I can't say. All I saw was just a big mass of hair. It looked like it could have been quadrupedal. And I just couldn't see the feet for the hair, but it right. could have been bipedal. But if it was bipedal, it was really wide mm-hmm. or as tall as it was. 
That would be really scary. Yeah, that'd be a really weird-looking creature, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to thank our patrons. Without our patrons, we could not make Strange Familiars. So thank you very much, patrons. Thank you for your help. If you'd like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra shows besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. For just $3 a month, you can get extra episodes of Strange Familiars. Patrons in October already got Pandemonium Part 3. In September, we gave patrons two episodes. So we always try to give as much content as we can to our patrons, but we do guarantee that one full episode of Strange Familiars every month. There are other levels of support at Patreon as well. If you want to go in at a higher level, you can get things like t-shirts, copies of my books, and more. You can see all the different levels of support at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a recurring subscription like Patreon, you can always make a one-time donation via PayPal. In the show notes at strangefamiliars.com, there's a paypal.me link. You can use that, and that, of course, helps as well. And another way everyone can help is to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to Strange Familiars, whether it's iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever, and to leave us those nice five-star reviews. They help get the podcast in front of new potential listeners. Conspiranormal Podcast proudly presents The Strange Realities Conference Strange Realities Come join us for one day of presentations on the paranormal with live music at night featuring Tim Banal The Rise and Fall of the Flat Earth Theory Joshua Cutchin Alien Hybrid Lore Joe Damari Pushing the Limits of Reality Guy Malone Roswell 1947 What Really Happened Timothy Renner Pennsylvania Wildman And added to the lineup Mark Anthony Wyatt Cornish Legends and UFO Sightings Zach Hunt a Presentation of his book on Rapture Followed by a live recording of the Conspiranormal Podcast More speakers and music acts to be announced October 19, 2019 SIR National Tickets and info at www.strangerealitiesconference.com $40 at the door $30 bucks pre-sale You had this other tale. This was a, from when you were younger, right? Yep, I did. We, uh, 1978, and this was a little bit later in the year. I think it was about May because it was really hot. Me and uh, a bunch of other kids, about, it was two of those big F-250 Ford vans full of kids. Kids everywhere. Probably 30 of us. And four or five adults went on a backpacking, hiking trip up in the Kayamichi Wilderness area of Oklahoma. And um, we, they told us it was a mile. It turned out to be 14 miles up and down these. These were mountains in my world. These weren't just hills. These things were steep and tall, and it nearly killed us. And uh, we started out in the morning. We got there at night. It was dark, and the big kids were having to come back and get us the high school kids. I was in the seventh grade then. And the big kids were coming back with flashlights and bringing us, like, in the last mile of the trail. 
Mm-hmm. When we get there, we all set up, and uh, we're around this little lake in this in the Kaimichi area. And I set up a, a hammock. I think I was the only boy that brought a hammock. And it had these really cheap nylon hammocks. probably cost $2 back then. It was either neon pink or neon blue. I can't remember. <laughs> and uh, we all ate, stayed up late, and then went to sleep. And I'm sleeping in this hammock because I didn't want to be on the ground. And I didn't want to carry a tent and everything else. So in the morning when I wake up, and there's some of the little kids are laying on the ground in sleeping bags around me. In the morning, I wake up, and this kid goes, hey, hey. And I said, what's up, man? He says, um, last night when you were sleeping, something came and looked at you. And I said, what? And he said, something came right there and looked at you. And I said, looked at me. And I said, well, what did it look like? And he said, it was big and tall and black. And I said, like a bear? And he kind of, he said, like, tall, standing up like a man. And uh, the kid was kind of freaking out. And uh, he went over and told the uh, youth directors, and I didn't hear much of it. We all went to, uh, we all loaded up in the vans, and they drove us a long ways to get to this town. And we had breakfast, and the kid wasn't there. We eat breakfast, and we get back to camp, and I, I don't even remember the kid's name. I, did, I didn't know him, but he was a couple years younger. He was probably a fifth or sixth grader. And um, we get back to camp, and they said, I hear what happened. So-and-so left. I said, and, he, and, and they said, yeah, he was throwing a fit. So he wouldn't sleep here another night. He wasn't going to stay here anymore. He was getting out of there, and he started screaming and, like, having a, an anxiety attack, just freaking out. And made the, the directors, the, the youth directors, go down to the town, call his parents. This was, this was before we had good phone systems and make his parents drive up Oklahoma and get him. They were up there at about noon that day to get him and take him home because he wasn't staying up there anymore. Hmm. So we didn't know what he was talking about. We thought we really didn't pay much attention. I don't know. Nobody thought he was a liar, but we didn't know what he saw. And we didn't realize where we were. I looked it up. I asked my dad, where were we, dad? Where, where were we exactly in the Kaimichi area? And he shows me on the map. He shows me the little area. And, he, and if you look at the map, look at LaFleur, Oklahoma, where Joshua LaFleur had his big adventure and got killed. Mm-hmm. We were about 30 miles south and about 10 or 15 miles east of LaFleur, where it says LaFleur on the map, into the Amici Wilderness area. And, and I'm pretty sure, now looking back on it, hearing all the Sasquatch stuff, that that was a Sasquatch that the kid saw that he must have liked my hammock. I was the only kid in a neon-colored hammock out there in the woods. And uh, one kid said it was interested in me wow. in that hammock. Did he mention how close it came to you? He said it was right standing over me. Oh. <laughs> like, like it could have reached out and grabbed me. Wow. Luckily, I slept through it. Right. And I didn't know what he was talking about until 30 years later. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't know what he was talking about at the time. Well, I mean, I have direct experience with something coming into my camp, you know, something with hands yep. uh, while I was asleep. I think they do that. I think it's almost like, I don't know, like counting coup or something, like like showing us they can do exactly what they want. And yeah, and there's nothing we can do about it. Like they have no fear of of just that, or else they can tell when we're asleep. It's one or the other, you know. 
And yeah, and they, they must have a sick sense of humor, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Because that was, because uh, I, I tell you what, I mean, I'm I'm not a violent person, but if I wake up and you're in my camp, I'm going to assume the worst, you know. You have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's going to yeah. be a problem, you know. And you're either yep. crazy or stupid to come up on somebody's campsite like that, because anybody's going to assume the same thing, I would think, you know. They must just be perplexed at why we go out into their woods and lay down on the ground and go to sleep. Yeah. It could be. Confused by it all. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> That's creepy, though. So, so for years as a kid, you didn't think Sasquatch or anything. You just thought, you know, I don't know what that kid saw. I had no idea. We figured he saw something, mm-hmm. but we had no idea what. And we didn't, you know, Bigfoot information was not common back then. We it all thought not. Pat was it. He was one, and he was on the West Coast, and we didn't have anything to worry about it. Yeah. We had no idea that Oklahoma had this huge Bigfoot Sasquatch history and that Joshua LaFleur, anybody didn't know about Joshua LaFleur, they should look him up. And that guy died for our Bigfoot information, basically. So, um, yeah, and I can't believe we were right there under LaFleur right. when this happened. So once I knew that, I went, oh, no, that's, that's what the kids saw. Well, I mean, Oklahoma is just filled with reports. I mean, there is no shortage of Bigfoot reports in Oklahoma. Yep, yep, I think so too. I yeah, think and, I mean, you're right. In the in the '70s, we thought like that was a thing, and I was into Bigfoot. I w- I would read yep. books on it and everything else, but it was that was a Northwest thing, you know. That wasn't a, yep. a an East Coast thing in my case, or a or a you know Texas thing in your case, or Oklahoma. Right? Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, Central Texas. There's not supposed to be anything like that around here, right? Yeah, but uh, come to find out, there was and there has been. You know these these old newspaper articles I collect. They there's no shortage of stuff from from all around. That's the thing. Exactly, those things are valuable. I think our, our news is censored at this point. You know they're not going to tell us. They're not going to tell us anything about Bigfoot at this point. Nothing serious. It's always reported if it's reported at all. It's tongue in cheek. It's a joke, you know. They, they it's all, a joke. yeah, they'll always yeah. make some dumb joke in the middle of it. You know, it's 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 not treated with you know any kind of respect or seriousness at all. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I've thought about that a lot too. I don't think that I don't think that the Bigfoot origin is what they're hiding. I think they're hiding our origin. Could That's be. What I think. It, it could and be. If we found out that Bigfoot, what Bigfoot was it would lead us to what we are, and I don't think they want us to know that. I mean, that absolutely could be the case. You know, I I also think part of it, and I think this applies to the UFO thing too, I think if they talk about it too much, they have to admit that they don't have all the answers, and they want to at least appear like they have all the answers. I think that's part of it. You know, they don't want to have to admit they don't know either, and I think that might be the case. I'm sure they know more than us. I'm sure that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the people that would be talking on the news, they might not know a whole oh, lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, not them. No, but I mean... I, I was the news thing. They know what's going on, and they don't want to know on. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, my suspicion is maybe they don't have all the answers. Maybe they have a lot more than we do, but maybe... And they don't want to have to say, look, we know what these things are, sort of, but we don't really know all the answers either. You know, they'd rather us think that maybe maybe they know all the answers or, or maybe not. You know, keep the waters muddied, I think, is part yep. of it. And then and it's uh, a lot easier just to deny it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that happens <laughs> happens here with mountain lions all of the time, all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have these things called jaguarundi. 
which everybody said was, they see a big black cat every now and then. And the, the, the guy that carries the mail around here sees them. Says he sees them all the time. Uh, they're not supposed to be here, but he says he sees them all the time. And I've never even seen a jaguar. I've seen them in a book. Is that, but, that's a big cat? Yeah, it's a big cat. It's not as big as a mountain lion, but it's way bigger than a bobcat. Wow. And they're not supposed to be around here, but, but they are. Mm-hmm. I, I saw one of those one time run across the road in front of me. I don't know if it was. It was just a big black cat. It was big. That's all I saw was a big black cat. Huh. And you can't really, I couldn't really tell how big it was, but yeah, it's not supposed to be around here either. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, that you know, I met a guy who had photos of mountain lions, and yeah, he took them to the fishing game. Said, "Look, they're they're there." He said they literally threw them in the trash. They said, "No, we don't we don't want to hear about it." You know. Yep. Because they if they let it get away from their little control area, they'll lose their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. what his suspicion is. They just basically don't want to ha- be responsible for it. You know. Yeah. Uh, if they start admitting they're there. Then they're going to have to, you know, warn people about them and try to, you know, yep. figure out the, how many are here and and so forth. And it's just one more yep. thing. It's just easier to say, nope, no mountain lions in Pennsylvania. Yep. Well, you know, I've I've given some given some thought to that Kaimichi Wilderness area, and I keep thinking that the reason they set that I, I'm thinking they set those wilderness areas up because they know what's in there, and we're not supposed to be in there that much. I mean, we can go camping out on the edges of it, but I think those wilderness areas are wilderness areas for a reason, and I think they're. I think they keep a lot of secrets from us. It could be. Yeah, it yeah. really could be. It's such a big mystery at this point, and every time it seems like we're getting close to an answer, it's you know, it's just not there. And uh, I, I don't know. You know, I go back and forth all the time. I allow myself oh. to, to change my opinion frequently. Yeah, you have to. Hopefully, they don't set up a wilderness area for these great big hair monsters <laughs> right <laughs> wherever they're supposed to be at. i mean my my gut says you know we can't say it was a sasquatch because you know you just didn't no. see anything that was say that but my guts i mean my gut says kind of maybe you know they're known to you know, quadrupedal locomotion is yeah. you know common report yeah. and if other people have seen this and i will try to source that that actual report from that book i'll share it with you if i if and when i find it that'd be great uh, you know maybe it's like I said, I mean, when we talked on the phone before, I told you my wife has these pictures of these circus horses, and they have manes yeah. that are down to the ground. You know, and yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a genetic thing or or something else, but uh, you know, the, that's what immediately when you first told me that, that's kind of reminded me of that, and I thought, well, maybe there's, is there a genetic condition that causes yep. that, like like the hair to grow extra long, and if so, you know, could that have been a Sasquatch with that condition? I don't know. Yep. It could have been, and I saw a TV program one time up up in Upper Mongolia, and they were herding up their yaks. Mm-hmm. And the yak had that long, springy hair hanging all the way to the ground like that, and you also couldn't see the feet right. moving yeah. in all this air. And that's very much what it looked like, just a blur of motion down at the ground, of hair bouncing and moving and twitching. and But the side of it was just curls just like long curl a little bit of straight a little bit of curl a little bit of long and just black just yeah dark so a bull that stood and came up to your chin that's a big bull yeah that'd be a big bull yeah yeah if it was if it was yeah it'd probably be more like 1500 pounds yeah i mean that's but a, I would, it, a 
dead and I would have seen his feet and I would have saw right. his tail right. and I would have saw things that I didn't see. But yeah, the weight of it was, was it was heavy because you could feel the, you could feel the ground tremble when it went by the, you know, the last time because it was heavy. You could hear it, it, you know, striking the ground, whatever hands, feet, toes it had. But when it got close, you could you could start to feel it. And if you've ever been around big animals, you know you can feel them when they when they go by you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I knew we were about to get killed. Right. <laughs> and it it didn't happen, but it, it seemed likely at that point. Because I couldn't imagine why anything would have turned back unless it was coming back. Yeah, I mean, I've I've you know, like I said, grew up on a farm. We had cows. They get out. They tend to keep going. You know, what I mean, if you're behind mm-hmm. it, you'll keep pushing them. So that's you want to get around them. And kind of yep. bring them back because if you're behind them, you're just going to keep pushing them out. They're, they don't tend to circle yep. unless they get really mad and don't want to keep going forward. Every once in a while, they turn around and just run back at you. But usually, they just keep going. Yeah, yeah. They'll get past you, and they okay, they're happy. They'll just keep going in that direction. Mm-hmm. They don't turn and turn and turn and end up behind you and paralleling you. And yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that just doesn't. It just doesn't. You know, seem like cow behavior from from my experience. No. No, and where it jumped up from didn't make any sense. All the noise it made didn't make any sense. None of it made any sense. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the you know you were I think you've been very careful not to say at all. You know, you, you, the best you can go is like maybe it was a Sasquatch. You know, with this long hair, and I think that's honest. It's you can't say exactly what it was other than it was weird and it didn't look right. And and big and heavy. That's yeah. all I can say. Black, yeah. curled hair, and heavy, and making a lot of noise. Yeah. And it knew exactly where I was the whole time. It had to have known exactly where I was. Or it would have showed itself. Mm-hmm. It, it stayed just inside the woods, far enough for me not to see it, all the way down that side of that clearing, and turned, and all the way down that other side, and then all the way back down the bottom side, and never showed itself until it went across that path. Like it knew how far to stay in, and knew right where I was, it was that was that was creepy. Yeah, I not, not see that's <laughs> I I'm not a big fan of cows having <laughs> having worked with them in the years. I don't think they're the most intelligent creatures. I no. just I, I that seems like beyond a cow to me. I agree. Yeah, about it, halfway through it, I'm going this this is not a cow. And but when it turned back towards us, I had to tell my buddy it was a bull or something coming to kill us. Yeah, I didn't think it was, but I had to. Assume it was because we were fixing to be in a bad situation if it broke out of that woods straight towards us. Yeah, I, I, there, I've been in some pastures with some angry bulls before, and uh, yeah. I, <laughs> there was one that really doesn't have much to do with anything. There was that neighbor's bull that was so mean, and uh, I, I would cut through their pasture to get to this this woods and, and the stream area, but like behind our farm. Yeah, and it was so mean that I would. I would walk right on the edge of the fence. Uh, it was all brush and, and like heavy, you know, woods and briars and stuff on the other side of the yeah. fence. But better that than the bull. So I just walk right along the fence line because if he started coming, I just hop over the fence and you know yeah. get on, get on the other side. How many fences have you jumped with cows right on your trail, right behind you? It, it was only that guy. Oh, so, oh really? Yeah, but several times. Like it, as soon as he knew I was in the pasture, he'd come for me. That's the other reason I walked right along the fence because sometimes he couldn't tell if I was in. Like he would, I could see him looking at me, and I, he couldn't sometimes tell which side of the fence I was on. So I'd just walk right alongside, 
and if he started coming my way, I just I just hop right over. But yeah, yeah. that was that. It was mostly him. I was always pretty good with our cows. I, I just I wasn't a fan of them. But uh, we had yeah. a couple bulls, but they weren't that mean. They were, you know, they pretty gentle. But, yeah, that's in my experience. Some they're like big dogs. Yeah, when they're hungry, knock you down with their heads. But yeah, but yeah. I've seen some mean ones before. Like, yeah, you're lucky that one didn't get you. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, like I said, I was real careful with that one. Yeah. Head was on a swivel because he was, he was definitely after people. Cows are so dangerous. Yeah, I've been it's, kicked a couple times, but uh, oh yeah. But uh, that yeah, was... I've been ran over by little ones. Yeah, a few times trying to get them in the pens and things, and they'll hurt you, but. They, it's usually by accident. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they into you, but they don't know what they're doing. Right, right. They're just big, dumb cows. Yeah, yeah. They just hit you like football players, pow, and then they just want to keep going. So. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, my dad believed, he, My dad was deaf towards towards the end when we he was still living on the farm and we still had a few head, and he uh, he thought I was like the cow whisperer. He thought I was so good with them. And what it was is he was so deaf he couldn't hear me yelling at him all the time. <laughs> I hated those damn things. Oh yeah, I do too. He's like, "You're so uh, good with them. You're so gentle." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gentle, yeah. all right." Yeah, <laughs> that's the story. That's that's all the details I've got, basically. Well, Chris, uh, thanks. I've for... been down there a few times since then, but I don't think the thing's going to be down here in the summertime. I don't know. It's. I mean, it that seems like it awfully high, hot, but... right? Yeah, it's really hot, and uh, I thought, uh, I don't understand how that thing with that kind of hair, I would rub it off if I had that much hair on I me. Mean, I'd grind it off on a tree or something, so. Yeah, right. Uh, doesn't make any sense, but but I hear they're down that Trinity River Valley going down towards Lake Livingston and Houston area. That, that's where, who is it, uh, Bob, um, oh, he's on Sasquatch Chronicles all the time. Yeah, uh, Garrett. Garrett, yes, Bob Garrett's down there. They're, I don't know how far down I-45 they are from that Richland Chambers Reservoir, but it all connects. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, maybe Bob's seen something like this. I've never heard him say anything. Yeah, I don't know. I, he, he's, I think he's kind of semi-retired at this point. I'm sure he's still interested in it and so forth, but I haven't heard him on Sasquatch Chronicles in a long time. I think he kind of retired a little bit from it, at least publicly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have I have got a guy who's somewhere down in there in the big thicket um, who talks to me pretty regularly. He called me at three in the morning the other night. And said, "Man, they're going crazy tonight." Oh, the, the watches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's seen yeah. some crazy stuff down there. Does he ever see any of those? Uh, that, I know they call them dogman thing. Does he ever see any of those wolf things, whatever they are? I don't think he has. You know, he's seen a lot of weird stuff, including like. Like weird, like eye shine and stuff, and and, yeah. and all. But I don't think he, at least if he has, he hasn't told me about it. But uh, yeah. I know he had a crazy night the other night. He said he got a bunch of screams and stuff on tape, and he uh, he's going to come back on the podcast and share it with me. So well, that it's it's uh, his name's Jeremy. He's somewhere down there. Like I said, he's I, yeah. some. I think he's he's uh, I think he lives in the Houston area, and then he goes on up into the big thicket. I think um, looking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a brave man, let me tell you, because he goes out and camps alone. You know, after my experience recently, where, like I said, where something walked into camp, man, I was glad my buddy was there. I don't know if I would have stayed if he wasn't. I I, I really don't. I, I might have just gotten in the car and, and came back in the morning and got my camping gear. And, and you should. I wouldn't be out there alone. I wouldn't do it. 
Yeah, it's it. it I mean, it feels okay. With there was more than one of us, we can watch each other's back. And it, you're uh, in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Upper or lower was it? Uh, I'm in South Pennsylvania, South Central. South Central. Okay. Yeah. Well, the further you get north, the better chance you have of running running into one of those meeting upright hominids, don't you? Yeah, I mean, that's the reports. Yeah, and uh, man, yeah, those things sound terrifying. I know. I, uh, yeah, we seem lucky down here that ours seem halfway vegan or partially vegan anyway. Yeah, but I don't know. I think they're all meat eaten, but I, I think you're right. I, I think there's enough, you know, vegetation and stuff in the summer. I don't know. I have such a, the caloric intake these things must need is so huge yep. they have to be eaten constantly if they're a natural creature that's one of my my stumbling blocks with it yep. it's, it's like why aren't we i don't know you know and they've got to be omnivores they've got to be omnivores because there's not that much meat they've got to be omnivores yeah i mean because so mountain grill is basically just eat vegetables and they said yes. if, if their brains were as big as ours they'd have to eat for another hour and a half every day to get enough calories yep. And they're eating constantly yep. anyway, so basically they'd need another hour and a half in their day. So presumably, whatever these things are, they they're smart. They got big brains. I don't know how they compare to ours, but they, you know they got to be a big brain they thing do. to stay hidden. Yep. You know, and they got to be eating constantly. It's just you know, yeah. What maybe, they maybe they supplement with more meat. Maybe. Oh, who would? It was yeah. It was Bob Garrett was saying that uh, that big wilderness area up in Colorado that they follow the elks. Now, mm-hmm. elks, that's a lot of meat. That's yeah, it as big is. as a small horse, so yeah. that's understandable that they would be bigger up there, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I mean, that's part of the mystery, but well, Chris, yep. thanks so much for sharing your stories. I hope it helps somebody. I hope that somebody's seen the same thing that they go, hey, that guy saw that weird thing I saw. Well, that happens a lot. I found that happens with the most bizarre reports I take on you know people weird people in bunny costumes and weird stuff like that that I thought man this is you know this is a one of a kind and yeah. then suddenly I'll get this these people writing me email and say you know I saw that I saw somebody you know in in a weird situation wearing a bunny suit not on Easter you know that's just an example one of the like bizarre things and suddenly these stories start rolling in so maybe somebody out there has seen something like this and maybe like you they thought well it's not a Sasquatch so I don't know what to do with it you know I don't know what to do with yeah. this report. Well, so. If anybody wants to talk to me that needs to talk to me, you are welcome to and call me. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you, Timothy. All right, Chris. Thanks for sharing your stories. Thanks for listening, everybody. I would like to thank Stephen B. for his very generous PayPal donation. Thank you so much, Stephen. That is a huge help. I hope to see everybody at Alpha Twitch Day on October 12th in Columbia, Pennsylvania. If not, hope to see you at Strange Realities in Nashville, Tennessee on October 19th. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. In the meantime, you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com.
Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering group there, and we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. My name is Mike. I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. And I did have an experience that was not not cool. I woke up and there was an alien standing next to my bed and it was wearing like tinfoil-ish clothing and I felt very upset that it was wearing tinfoil clothing because I thought that nobody would believe me. But yeah, I had some kind of silver jumpsuit, and I understand that, like, I understand that Sleep paralysis is a thing, and and that it's common to see a menacing figure by your bed, and all that. I was paralyzed. I couldn't move at all, and I was trying to scream, but it was just a kind of thing, and I don't know, man, I was just really mad that it was dressed in such a way that would make my story an experience. Less creditable, I guess.
to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 